Hello. Um, Before we get into the podcast today, I want to do a little, it's not really housekeeping, but I want to acknowledge the loss of a genuine, great leader, a great mind, a woman of power, of substance, who brought clarity to so many people around so many things, and that was the loss of Bell Hooks who died yesterday at the age of 69. I learned so much from Belle. I got into feminism um, like you do (laughs) at a certain age. I think I really, when I realized what it was, was probably in my early 30s. And my pathway to feminism unfortunately, I think was through the church and trying to unravel things. And then I was introduced to Bell Hooks and she opened up so many things for me and introduced me to different ways of thinking and different approaches. And that led me to intersectional feminism and to so many things that I've become passionate about. And she was a gateway for me. She was not a gatekeeper. She opened things wide up so that everybody could enter in. And she made it so simple to understand. So I wanted to acknowledge her death and just to feel my feelings a little bit with you. If you have experience with Bell Hooks, if you have not read her works, um, I highly recommend reading her books. Um, Yeah, she is a powerful woman. May she rest in power. I hope that you enjoy this week's podcast. another episode of Soul Care with me, Angie Fatal. My pronouns are she, her, hers. I am on the unceded land, the land that was not given, the land that was taken from Multnomah, Wasco, Calitz, Kathlamet, Clackamas, Bands of Chinook, Tualatin, Kalapuya, Malala, and many other tribes who made their homes along the Columbia Columbia River, where I have made my home. I hope that you are finding ways to give back and buy from indigenous people this holiday, or just making that something that you're planning on doing in the future, supporting indigenous causes. Um, It's important. Today's podcast is coming to you straight from my car, my car office, my modular office, my floating office, my office right in front of my house. I find it uh, sometimes easier to sit in my car and do this, even though sometimes when people walk by on the sidewalk, it can get a little bit distracting. But with my dogs and, you know, just the time of day when I can't, make everybody in our house be quiet, this is the easiest place to record a podcast. So here I am, sitting in my car, watching the world go by. 
Um, You might have noticed that I did not put out a podcast last week, and I wanted to talk a little bit about that. Um, I have made it um, kind of a priority to myself if I don't have anything to say or I'm going through something myself to prioritize myself and um, the healing work that I'm doing over making sure that I put something out there. It is important to me to connect with y'all, but it is also even more important for me to make sure that I'm taking time to do the work and the paying attention on myself, which needs to be done right now. So last week I had a pretty intense therapy appointment. It was amazing. Um, By intense, I mean sometimes when you're in therapy and you really lean in, which I try to do every time, but, you know, (laughs) we can only do what we can do when we can do it. And I guess all the stars were aligned for my therapy appointment last week to really get at something deep. And the deepness is what I call, like, ancient in me. So that is, like, childhood, deep, deep wound. And I'm not going to get in to, you know, what was revealed yet because I'm still working on it. But that is one of the reasons I am still processing what came up. And um, it was it's, it was hard and it continues to be hard. So the reason I'm telling you this is not just to tell you why I didn't do a podcast last week, but also to remind you that often we have to take the time to feel the things that we need to feel and we don't get to decide when that is. So for me, you know, along with the work that I have to do, you know, my job, the things that I have to do to get ready for the holidays and um, to be able to take time off. In that, I'm also trying to have space and time to process the work I'm doing in therapy. And I want to tell you that it is okay for you to do that. Sometimes we have to tap out. Sometimes we have to just go home and say, I'm, I'm having a really hard time and I need to just take a bath and go to bed. I think sometimes when we focus on our communication, um, we can get a lot more help than we can by, I don't want to say pretending that we don't have needs, but falling into that trap of It's a weakness to have needs. So last week, um, that came up, and I've been trying to take time when I have it. I've been trying to cry when the tears hit me. I've been trying to verbally process with my safe people and let the work of healing that began, (laughs) didn't begin in the last therapy appointment, but it's continuing um, to keep doing that work because it is one of the most high values I have for myself. And love of myself looks like giving myself to myself the space to feel that. And loving yourself could look like giving yourself the space to feel that. So 
I want to talk a little bit about that today, but that is going to bring me to a bigger theme. And the theme I want to talk about is for those of you that practice Christmas, um, Hanukkah is also coming and um, Kwanzaa is also coming. So any holiday that you are gearing up to and prepping for, I want to get into a little bit more holiday tips and tricks that you can try in this episode. And so I want to go back to another thing that I said. And I talked about this in my mantra for this week. If you haven't seen it, you can go check it out. It is, um, you can find it on my Instagram, but you can also go to my website um, where I wrote a blog post about it. And um, and that that's something we're going to unpack and then get into the the tips and tricks that you can try around that. The mantra is, I will ask for what I need. And then the holiday version of that is, I will ask for what I need this holiday season. And if you go to the blog, I get into, you know, the, I guess it would be the pluses and minuses of asking for what we need, because when we ask for what we need, we make ourselves vulnerable. And some of us are very uncomfortable with vulnerability. And some of us have been used when we have been vulnerable. And it is still important to ask for what we need. And sometimes, because of the way we've been raised or any number of reasons, we do not feel comfortable being straightforward. It can be personality too. It's, it can be difficult to just say, hey, I need a hug right now. Or... I need just like 15 minutes to kind of come down from this really difficult conversation that I just had. Um, I need to take a break. Like what I just described. Like if you need to come home, say what you need, take a bath or a hot shower and go to bed or whatever version of that that you can do considering your life, you know, your children, your partner, um, what you have on your plate and how and you have how you have to navigate what you need considering the other people that you live with um the reason the reason it's important to ask for what we need is when we don't ask for what we need we get what other people think we need or people make assumptions that we don't have needs that we don't struggle and um often then our needs get overlooked because we haven't verbalized them. Again, the tricky thing about needs is depending on how we were able to verbalize things in our family of origin probably is a a strong contributor to our feelings of safety around verbalizing what we need. A lot of times we think people can should be able to read our minds or maybe we don't even realize we're expecting people to read our minds. Well, they should just know I need space or they should just know I, you know, I need time after a hard conversation or I need to take a break. They should just know I need a hug. They should just know that I need to spend this kind of time with them and I shouldn't have to ask them for time. Yes, that would be great. That would be like the models of a perfect world, but that isn't really how the world works, and that's not how people work. 
we think about ourselves first, and then we also think about other people through the lens of our own needs. So the things that I need, I don't need a lot of words of affirmation. That's not a love language. I don't really need gifts. If I think love languages are like gifts, quality time, physical touch, meaning like hugs and, you know, hand, it's not necessarily sex. Um, gifts, physical touch, words of affirmation, quality time, acts of service are the main things. So that's a pretty simple way to look at it. But if you, you know, if I want to give to, let's say Todd, my husband, I'm thinking first through the lens of what I need. I like quality time and I like access service and access service are like doing things that maybe you wouldn't normally do maybe are my designated chore around the house that you just think about doing it you know without me having to ask again for what I need <laughs> but and then you know quality time is I want when I'm with you whoever you are if we're close, I want time with you that maybe is uninterrupted by your phone. Are you scrolling or, you know, pressured by something else? I want time with you. So that's not what Todd's are. Todd's are physical touch and words of affirmation. So I have to think about things through the lens of maybe what Todd needs. And also, Todd needs to communicate what he needs. So when we think about reading people's minds, most of us are doing that. And then most of us are doing that through the lens of what we need. And so we're trying to shift and think about what other people need through what we know about them and how they are in the world. Sometimes we can figure out what their, um, you know, what their love languages are. And then also using our mouths to ask for the things that we need is very difficult. The other difficult part, and I get a little bit more into this in the blog, is that we can ask for what we need and we may not get it because it may not be something that somebody can give. It may not be something they feel comfortable giving or you know, for whatever reason, it just may not work out. So the most important thing alongside of asking for what you need is giving yourself what you need. So I guess what I would like for you during this holiday season and what I would like for myself is to give myself what I need first, to, differ to differentiate which doesn't mean I don't have a need for my children to express love to me, for them to tell me that they love me, for them to show me they love me, or my partner, or my friends. And I need to give myself what I need. Because I can do that. It is not selfish to have needs. It is not selfish to have wants and desires. And at the same time, we also have to be able to meet some of our own needs. So that would be, I think, the number one thing that I would want for all of us this holiday is to, while we're speaking our needs, while we're clarifying, and I highly recommend going to this blog post that I did because 
there will be more information there on things that you can do to help yourself ask for what you need if it's a difficult thing for you. The other thing is, um, we are really the only people that can give ourselves what we need. Now, we can't give ourselves a hug from somebody else. But we can hug ourselves. We can give ourselves self-care. We can give ourselves quality time. We can take care of our felt needs, feeding ourselves, giving ourselves rest, moving our bodies, drinking water, you know, taking care of those. And then also remembering to tell ourselves that we are lovable, that we are worth being in this world, all of the things that we've talked about on this podcast. The world needs us, and we need to remind ourselves that that is the truth. The next thing I would like to talk about or get you to be thinking about or are things to put in your back pocket. And I've talked about this um, in a multitude of ways um, every season, in holiday tips and tricks or holiday survival guides that I've done. I even made a zine a few years ago that you can find um, in my shop. You don't have to buy it. I don't think I, I mean, I think I would, if you want it, I'll give it to you. I have to figure out how to do it. But it's a little zine that you can literally put in your back pocket or your front pocket. And... um There's a Mad Lib, for those of you that are familiar with them, it's like fill in the blank. And it's just an easy, portable thing to get you thinking about boundaries over the holidays and what you want and what you need to help you get through. And these vary from situation to situation and vary from people to people. Some of us can go to our family and not really have to think about boundaries because our family has boundaries and doesn't manipulate or take advantage of us. That doesn't mean there won't be complications or personalities that have to be navigated, but there are people in the world that do not have to think about surviving their family. This is probably not the podcast for them because then there are those of us who have to think about surviving our family or navigating our family over the holidays and pretty much every other day. Um, And we'll have to do that for the rest of our lives. This is the podcast for you (laughs) because that is my story. So when we think about what we want and what we need and we enter into the holidays with that, Realistically, yes, I would love to be able to have conversations with my family of origin where I don't feel like as a survivor I have to defend myself or I'm put into precarious situations because I have resilience and so Angie can handle it, she'll survive, or my sister Jessica will survive because they have resilience. People aren't even probably even familiar with the word resilience but you know it's that thing I've talked about before just because I can doesn't mean you should put me in those positions so it's things like that if we are ahead of time thinking about what we want and what we need 
our dream scenario and then coming back from that dream scenario, maybe five or six steps back from that. Cause the ideal would be, I would never have to have a conflict with my, with my family. That's not realistic. So I step five steps back from that. What, what is likely, what is the likelihood? No. How do I want to say this? What can I have <laughs> realistically? There will be conflict. So that means that then I decide, is the conflict worth it? And in my dad's case, because of the changes he has made and the things that he has owned at this point, the apologies he's made, the conflict is worth worth it. Does that mean I enjoy it or it's not painful to me? No, it is still painful to me. I am still angry that I have to have the conversations. I'm still angry that... I get put in positions where I'm told that I can't talk about certain things or because it makes other people uncomfortable. So I may not always be there. I may not always be okay. I'm not okay with it. But I may not always be willing to bend. Does that make sense? Right now, I'm willing to bend because my dad has been able to meet me part of the way. But there is also going to come a point, I think, where it's going to hurt me too much to keep bending unless my dad makes bigger strides, using my dad as an example. But at this point, it is worth it for me to meet him over halfway. I'm not going to get what I want. But what can I get? So I can decide when it is okay for me to spend time with him. I can decide the timing around that. I can say, no, I can't come to your holiday party on the 21st, but I can do X, Y, and Z. So, so starting to think about what you can do, what feels good enough to you, and maybe nothing feels good enough to you, and you just need to say, no, this holiday. And that is painful in it, in its own way. You are making, you know, a line in the sand that's like powerful and no more are you going to put up with people asking too much of you or treating you a certain way or not accepting your transition or your boyfriend or your girlfriend or whatever it is. And the safe healthy line in the sand for you might be to say no. And that is also not pain-free. So it's a combination of deciding ahead of time and then taking steps back from that. It is also acknowledging that there is a limit to what we probably are going to get, but we can also say what we want knowing full well that they might not be able to meet us there or even understand what the hell we're talking about. So that's a kind of thing that you have to choose your battle on. For me, a lot of times it is not worth having the conversation because I have to take on so much of the emotional weight and so much reframing and so much communicating and still most of the time it's not understood what I'm asking for. So for me, that's a waste of my emotional energy and I'm not going to do it. Um, 
So thinking about those things ahead of time, if you go to family and family can be iffy, like there maybe there are some people that are amazing and life-giving enough for you to spend time with, and then there are some landmines in there, like... I mean, I don't think you should go anywhere where there are unvaccinated people. I think that should be the line in the sand, but I can't decide for you what you're going to do. For me, that is the perfect out. Unvaccinated people there, I will not be going. Um, is it still painful? Yes, because then I'm the bitch and I'm the one that is making waves and I'm the one that's, you know, hard to deal with or whatever. But to me... It's a really good out if there's going to be unvaccinated people there. Okay, so maybe it's not an unvaccinated person, but maybe it's somebody that likes to double down on politics or talk about abortion, um, talk about, you know, is anti-gay or, um, you know, racist, all the things. And there's a limit to... I mean, it's really, it's really hard because you definitely want to say things. And there is also a point where it's pointless to say anything because they're not hearing you anyway. So sometimes it becomes about preserving our well-being and our energy when maybe for the most part, everybody's great. And then we've got the stinkers in the bunch. In those situations, I recommend having things that you have planned out ahead of time to get you through. And one of those things is you don't have to be in those conversations. Most of us can sense when things are going south. And if we aren't the person that brought it up, even if we are, we don't have to finish it. You can be the generous giver for the sake of your sanity and do all the dishes. You can be the generous giver for the sake of your sanity and go make tea for everybody. You can have chronic bowel and constantly go to the bathroom and do some centering breaths breaths and the 25 hand slaps that I've talked about numerous times on here. How can you get through and not just survive something? How can you get through and feel like along the way you were generous with yourself and as generous as you could be with other people? You know, you don't have to take on a battle that is not yours to take on. But I mean, if somebody is attacking your sibling for not being married yet or for coming out, you absolutely should engage in that. Because they may not be able to defend themselves. So it's, you are going to know for the most part with the people that are always there and always acting a certain way. Sometimes people surprise us and it's great. But again, it's not that magical thinking where you're going in thinking that everybody's going to be different than they all always are. You're going in with the tools in your back pocket to get through and care about yourself and give yourself what you need, expecting them to behave badly. And then if they're not, you're pleasantly surprised, but you're not caught off guard. So you have things like going to the bathroom, doing the dishes, going on a walk, saying, 
hey, I'll take the kids to the park. Hanging out with the kids and your family and giving them a joyful experience and letting them be curious and playful and get out their yayas or whatever else. There are so many things that you can do where you are not isolated, even if you are isolated out in the middle of nowhere. If people have dogs, be the dog walker. Whatever you can give yourself to get through. If you're going with a partner or a spouse, I highly recommend having these conversations. If your spouse is safe, if your partner is safe. I mean, if not, I, and you don't have to go, I wouldn't go. But if your partner is safe enough and your spouse is safe enough, having the conversation with them. Like, we know that we're going to be pressured to go to church and church is triggering. So what are we going to do to not go to church? Have three things um, that you could do to combat that pressure. If you're okay with church, but you're not okay with, I don't know, something else that your family really loves to do, like touch football, I don't know. Then you can use the same excuses for those things. You can lie. I know that people don't like to lie, but when it comes to family pressure and family not playing fair, I absolutely encourage lying. Let me unpack that. When I say lying, I mean you're not feeling well and and you don't think you can make it to church. Maybe you feel fine, but you're not going to be feeling good if you have to go to a conservative church with your family that you know, has been radicalized or whatever by Trump. You know, that's not going to feel good. That's not going to be good for your self-care. So you going in prepared means that you are going to have the, a better chance of feeling good at the end of your holiday, feeling more like yourself, connecting to those that you want to connect with. If there are people that you love to hang out with, like maybe you love all of your cousins and you never get to hang out with them, then you can tell all the adults, hey, we're doing a cousins party, white elephant, plan it ahead of time with all the cousins, and then none of the people that are problematic, unless it's your cousins, get to come. You can't exclude a cousin, but you can exclude the older folks. We've we've done that. We've hosted a cousin party at our house And all of the cousins of our children came to our house, did a white elephant gift, and Todd and I were in the house, but we were somewhere else. And at the end, they, you know, we got to visit with everybody. But for the most part, they did their own thing because they are trying to build relationships with each other. And it was beautiful. I loved it. I was all about it. And we're going to do it again this year. So it's the back pocket front pocket protector, things that you can do to get through, but not just survive because you are worth more than surviving. I'm going to say that again, to get through, not just survive because you are worth more than just surviving. Think about that. Take a few minutes and shut off the podcast and think about you being worth more than just surviving and what that would look like in your life and the steps that you could make. Maybe you start to read some some of these books that I've mentioned on here or maybe you start to listen to 
podcasts that are all about building yourself up and setting boundaries and loving yourself. Maybe you take the leap to find a therapist and ask the hard questions before you start so you get a safe one. Um, because you are worth more than just surviving. And this isn't just about the holidays. This is every day. You are worth more than just surviving and white-knuckling it. And it's hard out there right now. And the holidays bring all of that up. So think about that going into it. One of the things I want to point out is you might do all of this stuff. You might take the next few days to think about what you want take five steps back from that and maybe with your family you have to take 10 steps back from that and be really realistic you you know think about your plans of saying no or saying yes remember it's easier to come back from a no and change your mind than it is to say yes and change your mind you know you're gonna be you're gonna go to the bathroom you're gonna do breathing exercises you're gonna have meditation set up you're gonna do yoga whatever it is You might do everything right, and it still might blow up. And that's okay. That doesn't mean you did anything wrong. You still might get snagged by somebody's bullshit. That doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. That just means that people do shitty things, and we get triggered and snagged by it. I still do, too. I don't have this figured out. That's why this podcast is so meaningful to me, talking to you, because I feel like I start to put myself back together again and and to know that I'm not alone and doing it with all of you figuring this stuff out talking about it talking about it on Instagram talking about it through my blog talking about it with you in person and saying most of us are going through hard things if you're not you're lucky and I would be really surprised because the world is hard right now so you might do everything right and it still might not go great. And if you didn't take a flight in and you're not, you know, physically trapped by the airline situation, unless you have tons of expendable cash and can just leave, have ways out. Use people as excuses. What I used to do at the bridge is say, if you need an out for your family, then say my past, I committed to helping my pastor do something feed the homeless or you know go to their house and if they needed it to be true I'd let them come over but also that's a lie you can use whatever it takes to navigate difficult people who don't play by healthy rules or don't have any rules just can cross your boundaries manipulate lie to you straight to your face to get you to do something they want then whatever it takes to get through that's as healthy as it can be for you I recommend. Maybe other people aren't going to agree with me, but that's okay. That's what got me through. Sometimes I had to lie because the truth wasn't working for my family. Sometimes I had to lie because the truth was not working for my family. And they could play against my compassion or my codependence or my need for the peace to get me to do what they wanted. So you might do everything right and it still might go wrong. Or you might do everything right to prepare yourself to navigate it and nothing may come up. That still doesn't negate that 
the preparation wasn't important. Sometimes we prepare, we have those conversations with our siblings or with our partners and that prepared us and we don't even realize that having the conversation made us more relaxed about it, made us go, hey, I'm not going to get caught up in the gossip that's already started or I'm not going to get caught up in the buying frenzy. This is what I'm going to do. I'm communicating what I'm going to do with my family and if they don't like it, they don't like it. I don't believe in spending a shit ton of money at Christmas and buying people presents in in that capitalistic way. That's not my that's not my jam. Now, does that mean I'm not getting my kids presents? No, because they like presents. But for everybody else, I'm making stuff. And I know that not everybody has time or the will or creativity to want to do that, but that's my jam. So that's what I'm doing. And I think what happens sometimes is when we do the preparation and then there's not an explosion, we think that the preparation wasn't necessary. And I am here to tell you that it is necessary even if your family's pretty chill. Preparing yourself, setting some rituals or intentions for the time of this season is so important because when we set intentions like I don't want to give in to materialism. I don't want to give in to the pressure to perform. You know, sort of like the mantras that we do. Then those things are in the forefront of our mind and we navigate this time a little bit differently. We could still get snagged by materialism. We could still get snagged by other stuff. But it doesn't make the intention any less important because we did it. And so often when we do something like the conversations, it at least gives us a place to go back to return to recenter to so that we can go, Oh, Oh shoot. I just got caught off guard, not beating ourselves up. I, I broke down and got caught up in the buying frenzy and I'm going to pull back from that. Because it's not going to make my family love me anymore if I buy them exactly what they want. Or it's not going to make them love me more if um, I do everything that they tell me to do. Or if my house is the cleanest. Or if my food is the best. Or whatever it is for you. We will get caught up and we can return to something different when we set an intention and we take the time Again, it goes back to the very beginning of this podcast. That is a way to show yourself love. That is a way to give yourself what you need. That is a way with the people that are safe for you to say what you need. That's it. It's a practice. Practice means we're not perfect. Practice means we're going to make mistakes. Practice means we're not going to get it right the first time because we're practicing. And I am practicing just like you. My intention, my hope, my prayer or space holding or whatever you want to call it for this time is that you know your value, you know your worth, and a little more maybe than last year, you take less shit. And possibly give less shit. (laughs) But that you don't take on stuff that you don't deserve 
from people that really don't care about you in the way they should. That you take care of yourself. And in that way, you're able to give different. You're able to give from a maybe a fuller container than, than you do if you're giving from manipulation or coercion or whatever else it is. Remember that there is somebody out here in the world sitting in their car talking to you right now that gives a damn about you. That thinks, you are, thinks that you are worth it. Knows that you are worth it. So remember who you are. You are worth knowing. You are worth loving. You are worth being in this world. Take care of everybody. Take care, everybody.